Do you know what grinds my gears? I'll tell you what grinds my gears. Oil prices. I am absolutely livid at where gas prices are. You know, it makes me wonder, like, if Trump or Biden, either one, because Biden's been in office for a month, and under the, under the month he's been in reign, oil prices have skyrocketed nearly 60 cents a gallon. And it's really hard not to blame Biden here. I mean, it's really hard with the pipeline being shut down, which I'm not a huge fan of anyway, and his call for call to actions on getting rid of oil and natural gas. It's really easy to blame him. But one has to ask, really, if Trump had been elected, how much better would oil prices be? And I would say this. If Trump was president, I think gas would be about half as high as it is now. I'm going to tell you why. I think the speculation that we're witnessing right now is not a good forecast for oil because the president himself has made some incredibly aggressive executive orders that are leading to less oil production in the United States while ramping up production overseas. For all the hate that they have on Trump being uh, a rogue agent of Russia, Everything that Biden and this Democratic administration has done up to this point has aided the Middle East, the misogyny, the patriarchy of Russia and Saudi Arabia to, to the full extent. Both of those nations are benefiting tremendously, tremendously by Biden's policies that he's done. So I'm looking at a Yahoo article and I'm not going to just dive into this. I'm going to try to make this an eight minute segment because I want to keep your attention on gas. But crude oil prices are surging, and Yahoo loves to point out the obvious because they have very little depth when they do their articles. They'd like you to think so. But basically, they say that they're rising because OPEC has yet again done a shitty job. They're saying that currently, oil per barrel is about 60 bucks. Goldman Sachs says it's going to be 72 bucks. So we're talking about another growth of 12 bucks. I'm going to add 3% to that. Three times 72 is 21. We're going to another two bucks to that. We'll say 75 bucks. So high end, $75 a barrel. That wouldn't be so bad because oil's been north of $100 a barrel at some point. But there's a supply and demand issue as well. So once you get the barrel of oil that comes from the refineries, I mean, comes from the ground, it has to be refined. It has to be refined and cleaned up, and then it's got to be logistically sent from A to B and then to the gas station, which then those people get their cut, and by the time you get to it, your gas is somewhere around 280 a gallon. You know, crude has a tremendous demand issue right now because last year it was so low because there was more supply than demand, and they had to get rid of it. So they practically gave it away at $2 a gallon. And anybody that says, you know, when I was 16, gas was a dollar. You know, I'm 36 years old. That's 20 years ago. I mean, you got to factor 3% inflation annually, which we've been at almost 0% inflation over the last 12 years because this country, for some reason, doesn't know how to account for inflation. And... Oil is only up a dollar fifty. I will say this: this is a fun fact. Um, supply and demand offset. 
uh, warmer temperatures, all this stuff. We're going to talk about it. It's all going to contribute to this, but Biden's speculation isn't assisting either. He needs to dampen down the fuel, the fumes of the fuel, no pun intended, because if he doesn't, we could be seeing a lot of speculation because a lot of the prices we're going to get into here in a minute has a lot to do with speculation, not just winter weather. Number two, Yahoo says, is because of Texas. God damn it, Texas. What'd you do this time? They said, they said, well, Texas makes up roughly about 20% of the country's total refinery capacity. And most of that is offline right now due to the weather. Had they did their jobs right, uh, we wouldn't be seeing these elevated prices in such a short term. They're also saying it's going to take several weeks for those refineries to open back up due to the cold costs. I mean, the cold temperatures and the cost that comes with returning the refineries back on. So we won't see any economic relief on gas prices for several weeks. Number three, the pandemic also knocked out refineries. So not only do we have the weather that screwed us, we have refineries that are indefinitely closed down. Like they're done. DOA. But that can't be necessarily a bad thing. I think that during Trump's peak with oil, um, there were um, wells and different kinds of things that were barely breaking even that were being pulled because there was an assumption that oil was going to continue just to be in abundance. They were motivated to do it because there was profitability in it. But as the pandemic happened, people lost some jobs. A lot of roughnecks lost some jobs. And that's what they're saying here. And that per U.S. production um, was nearly reduced by 1 billion barrels per day. How is that even a thing? That number doesn't even rationally make sense. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on that number. Yahoo might be throwing that number up. Losing a billion barrels a day? I don't think they're that... We'll, we'll find out. But it's also possible that some of the capacity could come back online in the next year, year and a half. But by and large, the closure announcements have produced to be mainly permanent, which was the point I made. Like some of these refineries that were kind of on the line of being bankrupt, they've been pushed over the cliff. So now we have a production problem. U.S. oil and gas producers lost tens of thousands of jobs last year and laid off workers who are left now scrambling to make ends meet. Oh, that isn't just hyperbolic. Of course they're scrambling to make ends meet. Nobody said that if you lose your job, life's just peachy. Yahoo, shut the hell up. Um, so all these oil companies, these ConocoPhillipses, these Shells, these Exxons, these BPs, they just fired people that are, have skilled labor. They're skilled oil refineries. They, have, they got rid of their welders. And now we sit in a hole where they're going to be scrambling to hire these people back which is going to drive up the price of labor, which is going to drive the price up of oil. Congratulations. So they go on a rant about credit cards. They want to blame, you know, everybody else because of their, their woes. Um, number four, obvious vaccinations and a boost in travel. They're saying that, you know, as we get back to normal with these vaccinations and herd immunity, people are going to want to fly. People are going to travel. People are going to want to drive. They're going to do their own shit. And they predict that gas could potentially be well above $3 a gallon by Memorial Day. They're also going to, on top of that, with 
the vaccinations are going to say that there's going to be these huge stimulus checks that are going to be rolling out here pretty soon. And that that's going to elevate the price. Because you know what? The oil companies got to get their cut of this stimulus. You know what I'm saying? These big CEOs that didn't get their cut, they're going to get it later, right? They're going to get their cut in the form of the stimulus because you're going to fill up your gas tank 14 times. And then last but not least, they're going to say it's the summer. That's a very lazy understatement. Everybody knows gas goes up during Memorial Day. So if we sum this up, we've got these six. Some of these are bogus. We have COVID rolling down. We've got vaccinations. We have a need to want to travel and spend time with family. We have winter weather that has shut down refineries. We are going to have some growing pains with what happened in 2020 with a lot of things being closed down in terms of refineries. So we're going to have an outpush issue. And then on top of that, we have the summer, as always, that's going to elevate the price. And then a tremendous amount of speculation that Biden is creating with a lot of these Green New Deal philosophies that are going to escalate the price just off of sheer fear. I want to remind people that under Trump, I do not believe he ever saw $3 a gallon. And Obama didn't either toward the end of his administration. Things were starting to, like, figure itself out. And then the pandemic happened. And then we have an 80-year-old geriatric as president who just... They're not letting him say much because he says some pretty bogus shit. They're not letting him do what Trump did. Just kind of run off without a leash. So this is my segment. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't fun. It was a little transparent, a little bit in the middle. I, I think at Yahoo did a fairly good job on some of this. I think they also were kind of hyperbolic talking about people fighting to, this is an opinion piece, Yahoo. This is not a fact piece. And you, you made it a fact piece. I just ask that you shut the hell up with your opinions. Just give me facts. And these were close. These were close. But on money-wise, for Yahoo, it says here's why gas prices are going up and how high they're likely to rise. Justin Anderson of Yahoo, do me a solid. You did a good job here, but you might want to move out a couple paragraphs here. Because your opinions are not wanted. I don't even want a Republican conservative article person giving me their opinions at this point. If you listen to my podcast, you're doing so because I am not news. I'm not trying to be news. You know what you're getting with me. You know you're getting an opinion. But yahoo.com slash news. Holy shit, that's a thing. You're you're claiming to be news. Uh Uh-uh, that doesn't work for me. So here's the reality. If you own a truck like I do, you're going to pay more. If you own an SUV, you're going to pay more. You're going to pay more even if Biden wasn't president. But you wouldn't be paying as much. That much, I can guarantee you. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this segment. It wasn't designed to be fruitful. Maybe a little informative. Maybe it'll keep you from being a tribalistic person and just go you know what this is a shitty situation and some of it's biden most of it isn't and more importantly i hope what you guys get from this is that um 
We need to stop calling each other names because we don't believe a certain way. My mother gets down the cruxes of social media and I had to go online and like point out the hypocrisy of some of these libtards on a Fox Business post. I don't even I'm not even on Fox Business. No, it was and it was an NBC News article. My mom made some generic run of the mill, you know, comment that kind of teetered toward Trump and everybody went on a rampage including this man that wanted to call her honey. And it's funny that a liberal sexist can exist, but not a conservative one. It's funny that a, a, a liberal racist can exist, but not a conservative one. As long as you're a liberal, you can still be a misogynist, you can be a sexist, you can be a racist, you can be a Marxist, you can be anything you want. But the minute you decide that you're pro-low taxes and little government, boo! Your ass is done, bro. Lambasted. Torpedoed. Profile deleted. Life ended. You might even lose your job. And you got to be really careful. You got to be really careful. As somebody who even does podcasts. Because I have an incredibly sarcastic way of talking. Doesn't necessarily mean I mean it. But I don't do this for a living. I do this for my own personal humor. I do this because I like to I like to have my family hear my perspectives without me just cramming them down their throat when we hang out. And I made a comment in a podcast that I deleted just a few minutes ago because I realized that there could be context that was taken out of context. And I'll tell you what it was without even saying it. I refer to the Chinese labor camps in China and how LeBron James ignoring them was inappropriate because he wants to constantly talk about slavery in the United States, but he doesn't want to talk about what, in my opinion, is some form of organized labor in China. He is moot on those issues, but only in America is it a problem. And the reason why is I think he has an invested reason to not get involved in Chinese political problems. If he was willing to dive in to all human inequality, I wouldn't have a problem with what he's doing. The fact that he's ignoring what's going on in the Middle East and in Russia, and more importantly in China, the very country that consumes billions of dollars of content every year in NBA endorsements, then I myself would be willing to take him more seriously. But he is a hypocrite. He is a hypocrite. He is only a leader of change when it doesn't impact his bottom line. It benefits him 110% to be an activist toward Black Lives Matter. It benefits him tremendously for talking about social inequities in the United States. But he will not talk about it in China. He will not talk about it in Saudi Arabia. He will not talk about it in Iran. He will not talk about it in Russia because it does not positively impact his wallet. The minute he starts impacting his wallet with true change, with all inequities across the planet, we can have real change. I work in an industry that is predominantly male. And the women that I have to work with have a huge disadvantage. 
being female in my industry. And it's not just, oh, they don't get a job. They get offered jobs here. But once they do get the jobs, they still got to deal with the old boy culture that is involved in this company. And I personally, as a 36-year-old, am uncomfortable with it at times. And not on the corporate side, on the blue-collar side. But we're not talking about that. No, we're not. You know why? Because it doesn't make people money. Everybody love everybody.